tried to sweep out the ashes and sweep out the dirt I tried throwing away the pictures along with the hurt and the broken reminders that have been broken down so far from redemption too close to the ground another something in the water podcast i'm one of your co-hosts uncle dave griffin and i'm sean clark one of your other co-hosts and we're here with jesse and alita heron from white cross georgia our I good friends where y'all's from <laughs> well everybody knows parts unknown everybody knows jesse because jesse uh is a sometime member of the pine box dwellers a son of billy ray Aaron. we've had him on a uh, couple episodes already, I believe. Yeah. Well, this is Jesse's wife, Alita. And uh, Alita, I'd like to introduce you to uh, the world. <laughs> There's thousands upon thousands of possibilities for people and, to be watching. Watchers, <laughs> possibilities for people to be watching. We're glad to have y'all. Sure are. I'm glad to be here. Good to be here. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> how many years y'all been married now? 2015, October Seven. 2015. Seven. Seven this year. Well, that, yeah. I always heard uh, the seven-year itch. Either one of y'all scratching? Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, seven-year itch. That was an old. That was a movie back in the <laughs> '60s uh, with Jack Lemmon. Or uh, Honey, the shot no, no, Jack no. Lemmon. Marilyn Monroe. <clears throat> that was the movie. Seven yeah, Mar- Year Marilyn Ridge. Monroe. Oh yeah, that was the the famous dress scene, right? It was. Yeah, yeah, and it blowing was, up subway I, scene. New York City. I think it was a black and white movie. It was uh, uh, the guy that acted in it. Uh, his family had gone off to the Catskills for a holiday, and it was super hot in New York City that year, that summer. And all of a sudden, he realizes that his his one floor down neighbor is damn Marilyn Monroe. And she's walking around on her balcony with those white dress on, you know, cause it's cool during the summer. And she's taking ice cubes and, and cooling herself off and everything. And he just goes slap crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a comedy, it's meant to be funny, but. The Seven Year Itch, and I think old uh, Rodney Crowell and uh, married Johnny Cash's daughter. Roseanne. Roseanne. Yeah. I think uh, she had a song called Seven Year Itch. So it's uh, meant to describe seven years of marriage and somebody's leg starts straying. <laughs> Somebody's <laughs> leg starts wanting to go that way <laughs> out the door. 
but I'm glad to hear that y'all are. She probably wants to kick me out the door sometimes. Oh, well, I married y'all. That's right. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. So pull up. uh, I don't need no one divorces. Two of them photographs (laughs) on my record. On my record. So (laughs) we got Justin Mercer working the uh, laptop and the mouse, which is uh, the cursor. And uh, what are we doing? It's, uh, I was going to uh, ha- have you pull up some of those uh, wedding pictures. Wedding pictures uh. and let's take a look at it. Yeah, them. I I did a song for the wedding. Yeah, and I uh, pre-recorded it so it was played on a little PA system. Mm-hmm. I did the same thing at my first wedding, and I I embarrassed myself <laughs> though because wow. when we we were reading our. Uh, Bows to each other, I got all emotional and <laughs> started doing like that. Couldn't read. That was sweet. That was sweet. I didn't cry because like, I was I'm drunk. crying for the, all these people, and I can't hold it together, and I'm trying, so it's making it harder to breathe. And I <laughs> got the shaky cry. I got shaky. He didn't plan. Well, damn. He didn't plan on writing something, though. We were originally going to get John Wills. <clears throat> From Albany That's right, to play yeah. while I walked down the aisle. He was going to play sax. He, yeah, he passed. Mm-hmm. Oh. So that was 2015 that y'all got married. October. October of 2015. All right, well, at Laura Walker. Yep. yep. Here's a few are. pictures of that lovely day. We'll share with our audience and y'all. Yeah. Uh, that was a good cake. <laughs> this took place at the gazebo down uh, next to Laura S. Walker Lake. Uh, it's a state park right here in Waycross. Beautiful scenery out there. And here we go, drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Kissing the kiss. Get a room. <laughs> Kiss in the face. <laughs> okay, you skipped that one. That ain't, that ain't the wedding. That ain't the wedding, but I'll come back to that later. There's a vow on the vow. <laughs> and that's Sean right there with his back to us. And that's, I'll present to you. Y'all look just as happy right there as you do right now. I'm happier now. Yeah. I see a lot more gray in the beard now, Jesse. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what That was a patch where I wasn't as happy. No, I still see the gray there, too. Yeah. But uh, that's what seven years of marriage will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was creeping in right there. Mm-hmm. Sped up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jesse, you have since we've had you on last, you've started carving a bunch of stuff. Yeah, and like <clears throat> really cool stuff. Like, who I appreciate it? We, I mean, none of us seen that coming. No, <laughs> like, I didn't no. see it coming. I mean, unbelievable. I really, every time I talk about it with somebody. I mean, uh, I don't really know what to say. I was just 
on YouTube. And I wasn't looking for anything specific. I was just, you know, scrolling through my feed. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know why it come up because I haven't looked up any wood carving videos. Mm -hmm. But a video come up and it was a tutorial and I watched it and it was a guy carving with a Dremel. And so I, I knew I had an old Dremel out in the shed and a couple bits and I went and grabbed it and... um I was like, I was interested, you know, so I grabbed it, sat on the porch, and after a few hours, come back in, and I had a little carving done, and uh, <laughs> and I showed it to her, and I was like, this, I kind of like this, you know, and she thought it was okay. And do you have the first one? I do. Yeah. You kept um, it. You yeah. didn't sell it, right? Yeah, I kept it. Several tried to buy I it. I would love, I, I love, uh, I think uh, I you need I, to I, always hold on to might that. Might have brought it. Be, be like, here's. Number one. Yeah. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I, I did that, and that night I was just – I was hooked. All of a sudden, it was just one of them things. It was kind of like when I first got into playing music. Mm-hmm. I knew right off after learning a chord or two, I love this. This is going to happen. I, I, yeah, this is – I love this. And it was just one of them things. And mm-hmm. um, I've tried to draw years ago. I tried drawing. My mom can draw really well, and – she can paint, but I just was never really good at it. And then after I started carving, I had to have some surgery on my arm. Mm-hmm. Um, that sped up some problems I already had in my arm from playing bass over the years. Carpal tunnel? Yeah, carpal tunnel and on arm nerve, oh, if I'm no. saying that right. Oh, um, yeah. And so just a couple months after carving – that progressed. I had to get that surgery so I couldn't carve. And that's when I was like, I'm itching to do something because I just started carving. And so I started trying to draw again. And Is that the eye? Yeah. Okay. And I did the I eye remember, and I did a few things. I think I saw the eye before I knew about the carving though. So I could hold I could hold a pen and a pencil, and but I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't carve and hold a Dremel and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I had to do something, and I watched some videos on that and sat there and did that. and But I didn't keep up with that. There's the eye right there. Is Throw that, that, is that eye. the first thing yeah. you did? Um, well, that's the second eyes. eye. That's the second eye, Drew. Right. Um, there was one that didn't have any color in it. That one had a little bit of color pencil. <laughs> Still, man, like you, you sent me. Look, man, give me your honest opinion. Yeah. I know you draw, and Sean, I, I'm just yeah. Sean is a damn good artist. Now. But yeah, he sends me this. He's like, "This is my first thing I ever drew." <laughs> I just, just give me. I said, like, "Dude, it blew screw me you, man." <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been drawing my whole life. I've never drawn it's anything like an eleven-year-old walks like, up I do to cartoons, says, yeah. I just wrote a song. The hell with you. Now that that was probably I think that was my second or third drawing, but there was an eye before that that was my first drawing. It was okay. a black and white one, but um, yeah, that's your yeah. <clears throat> well, I saw this or not that the other one, the other eye is what I saw, and then then I started seeing these wood carvings coming out, and I was said, "Good Lord, this is Jesse's." Right. And it's like, now this. Um, I thought you was the bass player. <laughs> <laughs> you know. 
just yesterday I went, uh, this is one of the, this is a piece I did for James Files. Uh, it was a log in his Which yard. I, I can't help but say, I hope James Files watches the Something Water podcast, but I have to say this in, uh, in uh, tribute to James. Um, he's a good friend of all of ours, lives, he and his wife live, uh, James and Denise Files live right up there in Townsend, Georgia, right above Darien on the river. And uh, all of your wood carvings look like James Files. <laughs> they do. What's funny about that is I, I could see that. Or his yeah. brothers. But what I got into, the first videos I saw was wood spirits. And it was basically bearded spirits, faces. Right. That's what know. it is. And, James uh, Files is James Files yeah. talking wood spirit. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's got beautiful mane of of salt and pepper hair and, and beard. He's, he's as and old he's, as any forest. He's tall. <laughs> he's tall. He's He's got a good physique. And uh, he's just, and he wears crocheted shorts. <laughs> we just heard. So we'll have to have him on the next <laughs> Something in the Water podcast with cro cro croquet. <laughs> crochet. <laughs> now, that's not what, the same one. Yeah, that's what, the same what this is, is it's like is it seven. A dual face? Well, there's several there's things on There's several faces on this like it's, it's seven foot total. tall. Um, and it's, uh, yesterday I went and put the first coat of tongue oil on it, and I'm going to do about three or four coats and do a little sanding Now, do you between. put the oil right on your tongue? I do. And then you lick it on. And there. then I see colors everywhere. <laughs> Is that an ear over there coming out? Right there? I think that's the pelican. That's a the a beak of a fictitious bird that I made up on there. There's a squirrel, a rabbit, a bird. Um now, James says the rabbit is a pika. He says it's not a rabbit. It's something called a pika. And I looked up pika finally, and there's several different kinds of pikas, and they're a little rodent-looking thing. But I don't know that Pikachu. I fully agree that it looks fully like Pikachu. a pika. Pikachu. It must have been where Pikachu, Pikachu. came Maybe it did. It, it actually he does have. look like a little rabbit. But um, Yellow. I was going for it. Well, well, actually, it was first a cardinal, and I messed it up. I hit it with the angle grinder, knocked the beak off, mm -hmm. and had to turn it into a rabbit. <laughs> oh, okay. Is that it, the rabbit below the bird? Yeah, there's yeah. some up-close pictures of it somewhere there, too. Then there's a squirrel, and too. This is going to be an, an amazing production right here. Now. So that tongue oil has made it change all those colors, right? Yeah, so, now it I don't had, it I mean, the, the, the natural colors of the eastern red cedar is it has the red, like, heart grain, and it's got the white water wood on the outside, and uh, it's not that dark until you oil it, you know, it, it makes so it all pop you're more. getting the reds by uh, uh, more oil? Well, or I, if you you don't put as much oil, they stay kind of like white and brown. Well, no, no, that's that's the or natural it color. The, uh, it's just lighter than that the before wood you oil itself. it. It's it's two tones still. It's it's a like a white and a peakish reddish wood without the oil on it. But, but then when you oil darker. it, it just darkens it all. You know, a little that's bit fantastic. makes it richer. You ever thought about uh, wood carving a guitar? 
Yes, or and I actually I have a, a torn down old uh, 1980-something Ibanez, like Roadstar base or something, I think. Oh, um, well, wait a minute. You're talking about carving on a guitar. I'm talking about carving the body up, and I, th- I thought about wow. doing that and then taking it over to maybe Crawford and them and seeing them collaborating on maybe getting the whole uh, – you know, electronic oh, yeah. side and it working right. Okay. Um, I was thinking about carving the image of a guitar on a just a, oh, oh on a okay. chunk of wood, well, just like you're doing faces yeah. to start working out a guitar. And that that seemed like it'd be hard to do. They're so symmetrical. I'm bad about like if someone asked me to do something, <clears throat> I. It seems like the hardest thing in the world, but if I just go at it and it's something yeah. I already have in my mind that I want to do, I end up doing better at it. Yeah, that's but, what, the way I am with drawing something. It's like, hey, I want you to draw me this. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah. But if I could just do what I want, then it comes out. Now, if somebody asked me to do something and they're like, they loosely asked me, like, I want something like this, That's that's better. But if it's real specific, like I've had a couple people ask me to. They've sent me pictures of things and asked, "Could I carve this or something real similar?" And I'll look at it and think, "No." <laughs> and they'll look at other stuff I've done and think, "Why not?" You know, you can do that, but I don't know. Some there's some things that's just. Uh, is this uh, James and Denise's garage? It is. Yeah. yeah. Is that where you you just go down there and work on it? Yeah, 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 in towns in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got it over there. It's been in my yard for probably, well, so you brought it to my yard that day on the trailer year. about a year ago. That's right. I brought you the, uh, the, uh, it was just a log, p- big old, just piece of raw, yeah, yeah, wood log, it's big cedar log. That's amazing. I never dreamed that all that was in that log that I was hauling behind the car. I didn't know it was there either. <laughs> well, that's the thing about it. You don't. You're the artist, but you you how how do you, how do you do that? How do you just sit there and say, "All get, right, I'm going to do." Do you does something zap through your mind? I don't know what it is, but one or thing do, I've learned about myself is when it comes to art, is I've learned that it's easier for me to take away than to add. Like with carving, you're taking away. Mm-hmm. You're just taking away you're, of if, everything, but you know what you want is there. If you're idealist, uh, what's the word? If you lack an idea to start with, can you just start raw, cold, and just start knocking stuff off until oh, I see it now. Some sometimes, yeah, yeah, it depends, and. Sometimes I think I can do that, and I, I attempt something and it just fails. And uh, sometimes I, I think I can and I can. Um, but then sometimes when it fails, it'll turn into something else that ends up being kind of sa- cool. You can salvage it and completely change it. What do you think, maybe back in the days of Rome and Greece and everything, when those sculptors, they were working with granite, marble, just these huge <laughs> chunks of stone, you know. Yeah. Do you think that, like, 
one of them might have started chiseling away and working on the big toe of a god, you know, and then just screwed up. And so you think there's like a junkyard of rocks and grease over there with nothing but a toe on it. And they just said, <laughs> screw it. <laughs> Scrap toes. Scrap, Scrap toes. <laughs> the graveyard of toes. Hey, and I fingers. could use those. Where they at? Graveyard of toes and fingers. Alita, how's this changed your home life having all this stuff going on? I love it because it gets him out of the house. <laughs> gets him to shut up. For yeah. A bit. <laughs> I get no. I, I enjoy it though when when COVID first come along and he was interested before in woodwork just as a hobby. He had mentioned it a couple times. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID happened, um, like he said, he he started trying that and it just turned into something beautiful that nobody expected. And I'm proud of him, but- I know you um, are. You got to be- I've enjoyed it though. I mean, I've enjoyed seeing him get the attention that I feel like he deserves. Right. Was it surprising to you that he was as good as he's become? No, he's always better at everything than I. I <laughs> but this came, I can't, this came I, out of nowhere. I know though. it came. It really I mean, did. That didn't. That didn't like so. No, it, it really didn't. Though, because <laughs> didn't he's like very. So. I mean, I've Jesse's always been good at the things I knew he was good at, but I just like. It's You're going to just it, randomly be good at carving wood now? What the hell? It really. I mean. <laughs> I guess oh, it was a little bit of a shock, but yeah. honestly, he's just, ever since I've known him, any single thing that he tried, he mm. was exceptionally well at. <laughs> yeah. And it just makes me and mad because no. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> you got that recorded now. <laughs> I, mean, I tell him all the time. <laughs> but no, he's got so much no, more that's, talent. That's the that's the love of a good woman behind <laughs> it behind you right there. And because yep. she's she's like my wife supports me up and down, you know. And I know she does a hell of a lot better support me than I do her. But I'm telling you, there ain't nothing like that. That's you got to have yep. that. It's good. I got to get me that. one in. Good. <laughs> it's good to have. It's good to have that. Yeah. Now you have Alita. You've started a YouTube channel. Yeah. Way. Tell us about that. It's, what? Uh, What's you it didn't called? Know that? No. Yeah. Alita's health journey. Um, oh, cool. I started it last March. Um, it was Alita's keto journey, and then recently I backed off keto. Um, because of some health issues. So okay. now it's just low carb that I'm doing. I'm not okay. going keto. And um, just about my personal health journey. I don't and, offer any advice or anything. It's just about my personal journey. And I've lost 102 pounds. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to help other people. I'm telling you, I hadn't seen you in a few months probably. But uh, when I rolled up here to the session tonight, you were standing on the front porch. Uh, and uh, I said, who is that? You know, my first reaction was, who is that? And then I realized it was you. <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, the whole thing is you started it off as my keto journey, but mm-hmm. and then you changed the diet, but it all is connected health, health. health-wise. That, mm-hmm. Well, that's why I yeah. changed the name yeah. because mm-hmm. it wasn't, and even when it was called Alita's Keto Journey, I did. I rarely talked about keto. It was more me going to the gym and everyone has bad days and you want to give up. And mm-hmm. I just, when I first started it, I wanted to be the person who uh, was relatable. You know, I did go through a period where I couldn't walk. I, I, I couldn't mm-hmm. bathe myself and I couldn't do anything by myself. And now I can walk three miles and I can lift weights and wow. I'm, I, I want everybody to feel like. You have to tell like, some about the reason why there, too. You know, your well, surgery. You um, neck. Yeah, uh, I assume everything. Spine, you know, neck or spine. Yeah, spinal. Uh, I had an injury and ended up having two major neck surgeries. They uh, from my, they cut me from about the middle of my head down to my torso. They replaced um, eight discs and... I have two rods from my neck down my torso and a cage built like around my neck, titanium. Wow. So <clears throat> I remember when all that was happening and everything and you uh you were having a time. Mm-hmm. After the yeah. surgery it was not going well. I mean the no. fluid there was a fluid leaking. She got septic. Well I got septic. Mm-hmm. Um septic. JC was at it's the about studio. Septic. Close to death and we didn't know it. Yeah, I was staying with my in-laws because they didn't have steps at the time. And so I was staying with them. Jesse was at the studio, and I told my mother-in-law that day, my nurse came by to check on me, and um, I told her I just wasn't feeling well. I didn't feel like doing therapy. She said, that's okay, just relax. And later that evening, my mother-in-law tried to feed me. I I wasn't hungry. This was how long after the surgery? Two weeks to the day. And my friend come in to see me. JC was at the studio, and she, I had eight covers. I think on. I was recording you that day. Yeah, actually, it was. You, you. were in the studio I recording that day. Being very yeah. personal. I remember yeah. hearing being right involved. In yeah, that. because mm-hmm. we had to go to the yeah. hospital quick. Because yeah. when mm-hmm. they checked my temperature, it was like 104.3, mm-hmm. and yeah, I was, was out high. of it. I, I did. I was disoriented. So. And sepsis is something that you pick up while in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They said uh, they most assumed. times is what that, that's. They what said happened. if we hadn't got, we didn't want to go here because her surgeries were in Brunswick. She everything had been handled in Brunswick, yeah. and we wanted to go there where they knew what was going on, yeah. and so we went there, and they said that. If we hadn't got her there when we did, it probably wouldn't turn out like it did. Ain't that amazing? Yeah. And, uh, well, they they put me on the cardiac floor because they expected me to code that night. Mm. But then once they got me stabilized, in fact, Blake was my nurse. Mm, I remember Blake Blake coming in there and... Blake was was great. I'm glad Blake was at the hospital. It just goes to show you that uh, uh, hospitals giveth life and hospitals also taketh life away. Because mm-hmm. you catch something like sepsis in a hospital mm-hmm. where you're supposed to go to be taken care of. I've heard so many times, you know, 
healthy elderly person will have to check in for a routine observation or a, a surgical procedure or something. And all of a sudden, they didn't come back out, you know. Well, see, she had to be on, like, once that happened and she went back to the hospital and they got her open back up and cleaned all that out, she was there for a little while longer. And then once she got home, she had to be on a pick line with antibiotics uh, daily yeah. for, for what, four months. Yeah. yeah, four months straight and had a home nurse coming, which was actually Mandy, yeah. Mandy Mercer. Uh, yeah. Didn't Justin uh, um, What Didn't he get sepsis one time back in the early 2000s? Yes, I believe he did. She had I, that, I vaguely he had remember that, that. thing, and it was like a, a purse, you know, he wore under his shirt or something. I don't remember that. Yeah, he had it like vaguely, I remember down his leg or something. Yeah. It was a sore. And uh, it's horrible. that's some serious stuff now. I yeah. couldn't go anywhere for like nine months. I remember calling Sean one time. It was Jesse's birthday. And I called you. I said, he had left the house to go somewhere. And I said, can you please come by the house, get my debit card, but, go to Walmart and get a cake and a card for Jesse. Um, so she was normal, working, fine every day. And we were sitting at a table playing cards one night. And all of a sudden... It was, <clears throat> you couldn't hardly walk, right? Well, the very first, that night, I had went to get a bath, and when I got out, I, That's right. I couldn't feel myself drying my legs. Like, I could mm. walk, but I when I went to dry my legs, I realized I couldn't feel myself touching my legs. And so I told Jesse, but went on to work for like three or four days, but then I started falling. Mm. I got real bruised up, and... Then it got to where I couldn't hold a pen with my hand, and it just kept the paralysis kept going up and up and up. <coughs> and then they took me into emergency surgery. Yeah, but that's uh, uh, you're the total picture of your 180 degree turnaround or 360 <laughs> degree yeah. turnaround. I'm trying because you're actually. Running and well, not uh, running. No, walking, walking, walking. <laughs> I, yeah, walk I, I remember good. those low times where yeah. y'all were like, "We don't know if she's, you know." Yeah. I mm -hmm. Remember y'all's concerns about ever walking again, mm -hmm. or yeah, or what was going to happen, and yeah, and look at you. It was yeah. scary. It it was, but that's what I don't want people to give up because, and that's the only reason I started the channel. I thought. Well, I can't great. be the only person this has happened What's the to. name of it again? Alita's Health Journey. Alita's Health Journey on mm -hmm. YouTube. Mm -hmm. okay. Influencer. Is huh? it, uh, You're what would you call it, an influencer? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does it go up, uh, is it in competition with something in the Water Podcast? Because if no. it is, by God. No. <laughs> <laughs> Folks. <laughs> <laughs> no. If I had a YouTube channel, it'd probably be called Something in the Water. No, it'd probably be called uh, What Got Me Through It All Was uh, Towns Van Zant and Liquor. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Elvis Shot Glass. Elvis Shot Glass? Elvis Shot Glass. That's the name of a band. Elvis shot glass. He just drank some out of an Elvis shot glass. Oh, Elvis rocks. Sounds like a band. 
Elvis on the rocks. Well, let's see. Where do we go from here? We have we have such a. Uh, of course, we've talked about it in the past uh, podcast. Uh, we have such a long history uh, because of your your daddy and myself. Oh, I tell a little story. Now you can bring up the uh, little Jess photo oh, if it's. Man. Oh, Still one. back on on that other screen. If you can, if you can read, I want to know this story. Oh, you've heard us talk about. It. There it is, the yeah. second one right there. No, you just closed it out, or, or uh, anyhow. Um, there's a picture of. Uh, um. Jesse's mama holding him in her lap there. And I think you were a little younger. When I tell this story, it's one, two, three, the fourth one. Yeah. You, you looked a lot like that. Only this, you were probably looks to be like about four years old in this one. (laughs) I think you might have been two or three. So just think about this same face. <laughs> the, the hair's a lot blonder two years earlier. Yeah, it got darker and darker. I was uh-huh. white blonde <laughs> when I was really Anyhow, your daddy brought you over to my the house, my mama's and daddy's house that I stayed in, you know, for uh, uh, many years. Oh, I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my mama was a. Uh, I love your mama. I hate this story. <laughs> <laughs> my mama was a uh, uh, kindergarten. Uh, she wasn't a full teacher, par- paraprofessional mm-hmm. at Memorial Drive. And uh, she had uh, gotten off work and came home. When she came in, uh, me and uh, I was sitting at one end of the couch, and uh, Ray was sitting at the other end of the couch holding Jesse on his lap like this. And Mama came in, and she was just real animated. Oh, oh. <laughs> you know, it's just like kids, you know. And she got right down, sat right down next to uh, uh, Jesse on the corner of the couch and, and kind of got in his face, you know. It's like, it's like a cat, you know, or, or, or an animal that, you know. You don't come come real close to them and start uh, whispering affection at them. You know the cat's gonna reach <laughs> up and just. <laughs> yeah, that's about what happened. Uh, uh, Ray's just sitting there holding his boy, and Mama's up there, kind of right. You mean, you want to come to me? You want to come to me? And Jesse just sitting there with this look on his face. <laughs> About that time before anybody could do anything, he just reaches up and slaps her. <laughs> oh my God. Slaps my mama across the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember this. I'm sorry. Of course you don't. That was, a, that was way too ancient. Uh, a memory, but uh, uh, Mama, it didn't. You know, Mama was like, "Oh, you know, she's seen don't it beat all. him, Ray. Don't beat him." <laughs> she didn't get it as bad as my aunt Louise did, though. Huh? Oh gosh! What you my aunt her? Louise, my granny, well, my great Louise Thomas, my my granny's yeah. sister. Uh, she, I, 
and I don't remember this, but I was told that I was a baby and I had eaten, I think, spaghetti. And she was holding me up and going, ah. Oh, I can see where it is. You know where that's going. Mm. Yeah. I, I heard that I threw up in it. Yeah. She had her mouth open. <laughs> Barf. <laughs> my cousin Chris did that to my dad. And I watched that. It was funny. Oh. <laughs> never, ever, ever, well, ever shake a baby. Now, my other memory is because I used to spend a lot of time over at uh, y'all's when when you started the trailer park over there on uh, Mount Pleasant. Uh, or actually, your, your, your grandma did. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, your daddy and mama, y'all lived in a trailer, right? And you had a swimming pool, and your daddy had uh, a pool house, which turned into Hickory Wind Studios. Yeah. Where we recorded all of our demos and tracks for Lowry. When we got those publishing contracts for Lowry. So many historical There's years. There's a lot of memories Stories there. going on right mm-hmm. there. But y'all were just kids, you know. Y'all were... <laughs> And I just started work at the post office in 1985. And I remember, and I was just going through a divorce, too. So it was like, oh, God, I'm working the bomb shift and uh, midnight hours. And and I remember that Sunday I had <coughs> off, and uh, and I said, I asked your daddy, would he, if I bought the VHS tapes, would he record Live Aid? The concert that happened, you know, in 85 in America and England, you know, Bob Geldof thing, Feed the World and all that. Uh, We are the world. We are the children. And and I fell asleep in the uh, recliner over there at y'all's house, but I was awoken by this, uh, your sister, it was just, you and your, your older sister, Jenny, and I heard Jenny screaming, bloody murder. Oh, no. And uh, and uh, and kind of come to it. Is, uh, and uh, Jenny comes running in there. She says, Jesse just peed on me or something <laughs> like that. Ray's just sitting back in the, I had two recliners. I was in one of them. Ray was in the other one. (laughs) And Becky, everything went straight to Becky in the kitchen, who was back there just slaving away, just washing clothes and cooking and everything. And uh, me and Ray sitting there watching MTV. (laughs) And uh, finally I heard Becky say, Ray, (laughs) do something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was he said. It was so damn uh, low key. It was like, oh, they'll be all right. <laughs> she still yells that sometimes. <laughs> Jesse peed on me. <laughs> that sounds like King of the Hill episode. Hey, Ray, do something. <laughs> that was that. Jesse. That was like. That had Don't to be on way, way back. That Jesse was, was 20. That was 85. So that was, <laughs> we yeah, were in that, that, that first little white trailer on the property there. Right there in front of the pool. You go out the back sliding door and there's a deck well, there and was, the pool. Mm-hmm. So we were we were in the double wide then? Uh, I think that was a double wide. 
And your your granny lived in the the trailer y'all are living in, right? Well, she lived in an older one back yeah. then. But yeah. The house wasn't there. Right. No, no. You know, that was before. But there's been a few different yeah. setups over the right. years. Right. Because at first it was granny had her old trailer. There was the pool house, the pool, and on the other side of her old trailer was we had a little white a, a white trailer we lived in. The 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 only and this might be just my bad bad old man memory coming in, but the only trailer that I can recall that I associated with Ray and Becky and you and Jenny was the one sitting in front of the pool, right dead. Parallel with the pool. We we had a double wide after the white trailer. We rented the white trailer out after we moved out of it, and it ended up burning down. I don't know if you remember, I that. don't even remember Big that. fire over there. No, well, it was crazy. Yeah, lady went to the store, went to Flash Foods, and left a fan on in her bedroom, <laughs> and it caught a sheet. A sheet got pulled up in the fan somehow. Sure and about. just the time she went to Flash Foods and come back, the whole in one whole end of the trailer was already engulfed. God, it, it burnt oh. the whole trailer down. That was a crazy day in the trailer you, park, folks. <laughs> that you can't trust sheets and fans. <laughs> nope. You leave them alone together for just a minute. <laughs> so uh, that's just couple of examples of how deeply the history goes. <laughs> Dog yeah. Hill is what my uncle named it. And, uh, of course, me and and uh, your daddy, Billy Ray, or Ray, as we've been talking about, we were kind of like, I guess you'd call first or second generation dog healers. The first generation would have been Arnie and... Stan Cheshire and Sylvia, uh, whatever her name was on the end there. I didn't hardly know her. She was so much older. And then the the second generation would have been all in Thornton's, Wayne Williams, Geraldine uh, Strickland and her sisters, Ray, me, Gary, James, Greg, all of us. And then <clears throat> that became the backyard sports and all of that stuff that we thrived on, you know. And then the third generation of Dog Hill would have been y'all. Would have yeah. been you and Graham. Uh, I guess uh, Little Dean. Yeah. Well, you had... Uncle Arnie's kids, which which were older, Tammy and they're, uh, they're older than the rest of Rhonda. us. Tammy and Rhonda and and uh, Lee. Lee, yeah, yeah, yeah. This area that we're talking about, though, is pretty pretty legendary as far as the beginnings of certain things that carried on and had some kind of little significance that carried on into because. Your daddy taught me the first notes on a on a, on a uh, a bass guitar lick was, was hey, hey Joe. Joe right yeah, yeah. Jimi wow. Hendrix and uh, 
because I uh, wanted to be a bass player. Wow. And then I was a bass player for a while. Then I said, I can't sing and play bass at the same time. So I learned to just strum. And uh, he also helped me along with that, you know. And then we've done so many things together as far as firsts, you know, musically. And uh, um, the studio, uh, the the practice house, the old practice house way back over there next door to uh, the old block building. The old block building. We still got pictures of that out there somewhere on Facebook. But uh, it was the first country rock band out of Waycross, you know, was our, well, that was the other thing we did. We put a band together. And your mama financed the instruments and the PA system, not your mama, uh, Ray's mama, financed uh, the deal. We went down to Jacksonville and bought uh, Stratocasters, casino amps, and a, a custom PA system. And uh, and that went through its thing, you know. And then I just kept on going on with music in my life. He did the same in his. But uh, he was always a little more centered on songwriting, whereas I was out there playing music and yeah. nightclubs and stuff, you know, and carried on with that till about 78. But Ray was always pushing uh the songwriting and also by that time we had discovered Graham Parsons and he took it upon himself to uh immediately and in, in the summer of 73 he went out and started calling on uh former piano teachers former workers at the uh Snively Gross box factory he would go walk around and interview all these people that were relevant in yeah. Graham's early childhood, you know. And he did that so uh, extensively that he was called on by Ben Fong Torres when he started this uh, fantastic journalist, started writing a book about Graham Parsons, the first book about Graham Parsons. They came seeking uh, the truth to Waycross to Billy Ray Heron. And, yeah. and Billy Ray was Because he had a lot of stories from people that had died and nobody else would have had those stories. They wouldn't have had Never had by those then, stories from Bessie people Young, that knew the family. You know? Bessie Young, his <laughs> piano teacher, when he was eight years old, was long gone, you know. But the, th the funny thing about it is uh, Ben Fong Torres wrote that first biography on Graham in uh, oh, it's been, uh, about 1991 or 92. And, uh, and when he first came to Waycross, he went to the Journal Herald and talked to the guy's brother. He talked to Gary, mm -hmm. and Gary said, you need to call this guy. You need to get going over there, talking to him. And uh, Gary put him in touch with Ray. And, uh, Did Gary know who Ben Fong Torres was when he came in there? I would imagine he introduced himself, you know, and Gary was probably like, <laughs> you know, Gary, Gary was, you want to burn one? 
Ben Von Torres was a former uh, uh, writer or editor for well, have you the, uh, seen the new, Rolling Stone magazine. The new Netflix thing about him? There's a there's a I was watching that. Yeah, there's a documentary yeah. on Ben Fong that yes, just I was, come out. I was watching that. I don't think I finished it. I haven't seen it. I watched a little bit of it, but the little bit I watched was already getting good, so I need to go back and watch it. But yeah, there's a brand new thing on him. But the funny thing about it, and I think we covered this in one of our earlier Something Water podcasts when Billy Ray was our guest. Uh, we were watching that uh, 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 tribute concert at, at the Memorial Stadium that mm-hmm. took place in 92? 91. 91. 91. Yeah. And, uh, and there was a lot of... Uh, <laughs> uh, stories that went down that on that podcast. Y'all need to search that one back up in the archives there on YouTube. Uh, but uh, the amazing <clears throat> thing was that Ben Fong Torres, in all of his exhaustive research done out on the West Coast, talking to the people who knew Graham when he was a musician out there back in the 60s and 70s, Graham told them a whole nother set of stories, you mm-hmm. know. He often embellished his childhood. Yeah. Uh, his daddy was Coon Dog Connor, and uh, he wasn't just the guy in Waycross, the former fighter pilot in World War II. He was a country music singer, according to Graham. He was a country music singer that died in jail. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, he embellished his childhood stories right. and everything. And so uh, Ben Fong Torres was getting all of this information and trying to throw it up against somebody else's information to see if it jived yeah. or didn't, you know. So when he got here, uh, the uh, story about the house was, as far as he knew, was that it exploded on the eve of the sheriff's election in 1969 when Robert Robert Lee, the sheriff of Ware County, was running for re-election. And uh, the truth of the matter is that they think that Robert Lee intentionally did that so that the voters would have sympathy on him and go to the polls the next morning and vote for uh-huh. Robert D. Lee. Poor old thing. His house blew up. But, Did y'all hear about that? Let's vote yes. <laughs> but the house wasn't destroyed. No, no, it wasn't. And it was right over there in Cherokee Heights, mm-hmm. about a block from where Caution Light Media used to live. And uh, it all it did was uh, knock some bricks off the, the uh, outside of the house and of course, it probably smoked it up on the inside and everything. But see, that house was bought by a steel guitar player in in a band in Waycross and moved, cut into two sections and moved out Brunswick Highway where it still sits now. Uh, and Ben uh, Fon Torres didn't know that, <laughs> and so when he's sitting there talking to Billy Ray Heron and and Ray says, I take you to the house. You want to go? And Ben Fontoria sitting there. Uh, 
the house. Did he say the house don't exist? Uh, the house doesn't exist. <laughs> and Ray said, oh, sure it does. <laughs> you know, it was like, it was like, in Ben Fontora's mind, it's like, here I am in the deep south with some guy named Billy Ray <laughs> telling me that Graham Farson's blowed up house is sitting right up the road. Okay. It's like, all right. Okay. And Ray knew that. And he, he toyed with him. <laughs> they got out there to it. And uh, uh, Ray walked around the back. He came out front and he told Ben Fong, he said, We got we got haul ass people back here. <laughs> <laughs> ben Fong Torres was still on edge, you know. But finally he just said, No, I'm just joking, man. Come on. <laughs> and this is what he said now, and he said it in many interviews. He said the hair on the back of his neck stood up when he took a left and walked down that long hallway. And he saw what he he had heard from other people about a description of the house, the floor plan, you know. Yeah. And he said, when I turned down the hallway and I saw the gun cabinet at the end of the hallway where it had these little things where you lock the gun and you set the gun in, then you fold like a guitar stand. Mm-hmm. Only uh, the people were using it for... Uh, uh, fishing rods they had their fishing rods stuck up in it you know he said the hair on the back of my neck stood up (laughs) my journalistic hair (laughs) and uh he said that was when i knew (laughs) (laughs) these folks in waycross ain't bullshit wasn't there also some initials and some uh, cement somewhere in the uh, closet on a two by four okay in the closet wow it's it, it. I've been in it several times, and uh, it's you know, as as a fan of 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 Graham Parsons and uh, knowing his childhood and his history and everything, you know, it's it's neat, you know, uh, hair raising. <laughs> I guess you'd have to be a journalist, you know chasing down a biography to to have it do that well, to you. Well, if you also thought that it didn't, yeah, didn't, didn't exist, exist, and then you're yeah, about to, there and it does, you're about to, to have prove, that. Yeah. You're going to write that, that it yeah. does exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like finding a yeah, book. Then book. you get there and you see, okay, it really <laughs> does exist. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, even as us, as musicians and, and as uh, aficionados of his music and everything that it can, it can get real, uh, you know, fan worshipy kind of thing. You know, you walk in, okay, here's his big bedroom, which was his walk-in closet was as big as some people's bedrooms, you know, cause they had money, you know, it's just a fascinating story. His whole his whole life is just a fascinating story. Somebody ought to make a movie about it one day. And I think uh, uh, Keith Richards may have bought the rights to this book we just talked about, the Ben Fong Torres biography. I think 
Keith Richards may have bought the rights to that, which includes potential future yeah. movie or what have you, you know? now there was which you know a lot of it's not true but there was the grand theft parsons yeah. movie yeah uh, which no, there's grand only theft. bits and pieces in there that are the touch truth yeah well it was a dark comedy yeah it's what it was meant to be and it was you know because a lot of that didn't happen right the uh, stepfather and the, the uh the wife, Gretchen Parsons, they weren't riding around in the desert yeah. all trying to, you know, it's mad, <laughs> mad, mad, mad world uh, scenario. But uh, we all want to take a little break and do some business. Do some what? Business. You don't want us to do it. We're going <laughs> to come back and uh, hopefully Jesse's going to play us some guitar and Alita's going to sing. That's what he told you. I know know you can. (laughs) I have heard you sing before, and I know it's good. Y'all might wish (laughs) she was singing after you. We'll turn all the lights off. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Something in my brain won't let me stray. Something in my veins gonna find its way. Something in the water taught me how to pray When the cold black water finds its way into your veins You'll never be the same Welcome back, folks. As we promised, we're going to do a little bit of music right here. This is a musical segment featuring our good buddy, Jesse Heron, and his lovely wife. Come on. Coming in hot. Give me, give me, give me some skin. His lovely wife, Alita. This has been a good night. It has. So far. And and uh, we're going to just bring it on down to some real Dog Hill roots. What's the song, Jesse? It's called This Mind. And uh, it's a, just kind of a collection of memories from well, Mount grew, Pleasant slash Dog Hill. You grew up. I there, grew up, and you grew up. As I did. Dog Hill, when you grew up, was a dirt road. Yeah. And it was dirt growing up. For you? Halfway for me. And then really? It, it got Eventually, paid. it grew up. And it mentions that in the song, too. Okay. Eventually, it grew up into asphalt. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it grew all the way it's up. It's your asphalt. It's your asphalt. <laughs> The only direction I can see is the only one laid at my feet Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind Banging on the roof and the pecan trees Got holes in the driveway too deep Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind I may have these roots that I can't dig up I may be half empty my heart is full of love From the dog hill dirt to Mount Pleasant paved The friends I wish I was able to save Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind Turning them up and never turning them down Did a libation twist all the way to the ground Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind I may have these roots That I can't dig up 
I may be half empty My heart is full of When the ones you love ain't doing right, you gotta hold them no matter how hard they fight. Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind. Days go by faster and faster, you gotta make sure that you fill them with laughter. Ain't nothing gonna ever leave this mind. I may have these roots, but I can't dig up. I may be half empty. My heart is full of love My heart is full of love My heart is full of love Damn! Yeah. Mm, that made me feel I'm like, a little rusty. I'm no, little rusty. that made me feel that made me feel very good because uh, you talked <laughs> about Dog Hill all the way through that. <laughs> and uh, there was a couple of lines in there uh, that I was wondering about. Uh, about uh, uh, the people that you want, the first verse, is people that you wanted to save. Um, what was that all about? One person that comes to mind is a friend, Jason Guy. That died of a drug overdose. Was he living over there then? Um, or no? Well, he he was a friend that he lived on Mount Pleasant. He lived in the park for a few years. It was a good friend oh, of mine. Okay. Yeah. And um, other people, um, just several well, other people in mind, heavy, but, you know. But the other thing was there was another line in there uh, that was similar to that. I can't even remember what it was. Well, um, libations. Turning them up and never turning them down, do the libation twist all the way to the yeah. ground. That line came from a memory of the first time I got drunk. It was behind the graveyard on Mount Pleasant. You know what? First time I got drunk was on Mount Pleasant, too. Wow. <laughs> well, and they had what? the fire break already back there. You know, they had had some fires. So in the middle of that, a lot of us would go back there and smoke cigarettes and whatever when we got to that age of sneaking that shit and all started the fire at the uh yeah <laughs> at the uh uh graveyard well behind the graveyard behind in the, the woods graveyard, yeah the wooded area yeah um, the wooded area that's so where i used to the, hunt squirrels the very yeah. first time i got drunk and, and i'm not proud of this i'm gonna go ahead and say this ahead of time but go we ahead young and, and stupid and me and Jason Guy and Eric Guy and their little brother, John Paul, um, we swiped some beer from the convenience store. And not proud of it, but we did it. And <laughs> I, I'll never forget, it. we had uh, like nine beer each. Why'd you get a T-shirt made that says, we swiped beer from the convenience store? Yeah. <laughs> we were young and stupid and wanted, wanted to drink okay. and get drunk. And we, we did. So what we, happened is we, we sat in a circle. And we, we sat down in a circle and we drank all these beer. There was a mix of beer, wine coolers, whatever. We drank it all. And uh, we tried to stand up. 
And we all kept falling and twisting and turning. And like we finally was able to get stood up. I don't know what's going on. And we walked from Mount Pleasant to Cross what? Creek Apartments. And I remember my mom saw us walking, and I remember waving. And we got to their play, their dad's place. We ended up getting in trouble, long story short. And we had to go apologize to the store. And like we got found out. But um, good times. They probably just said, oh, don't worry, Mama. It happens all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our parents made us. They were like, "No, you're going to the store and you're, you're apologizing, and you're, you're yeah." We, we we had to do all that, and we we never did that again. I've I've been drunk since. It teaches you a lesson, you know, <laughs> life's lessons. And and speaking of life's lessons, I want to ask uh, our viewers out there to. Uh, I'm going to take a Sunday school lesson with this and uh, make it what you want to. Justin, are we going to zoom zoom in here or are we going to zoom in after? He will, he will after. How's he going to do that afterwards? <laughs> Studio magic. Well, this is some of Jesse Heron's carvings, folks. And he starts off with a solid piece of wood, just like this. This right here. This is the solid part. All right, he's already carved one. Uh, but that's he, that's all he's going to do, too. Yeah. But it, I yeah. thought you well, was no, going no, forward. No, yeah, I'm not finished with that one. Yeah, oh, okay. this is going to be a That a one, I'm, I'm just making it up as I go. Okay. Which These, a lot of them uh, I do that. Many, many of his carvings, as you will have noticed already, are uh, uh, <clears throat> wood spirits. Or as as we uh, like to call them, James Files. <laughs> yeah. I do a lot of wood spirits, green men, and gnomes. James Files. And, uh, yeah. This one's they gnomes. all fall under James Files. <laughs> this one's painted on it. Because sometimes he's got leaves all on his face, too. Depends on what he's been doing out in his yard. Who, James? He might be a green man one day. He might be a wood spirit the next. What he is, folks, is an excellent human being. He's a wizard. He is a wizard. He's a king. He's full he's of knowledge. A, he's, he's so stoked with knowledge. I, I love him to death. He's old St. Nick. In the holidays. He yeah. is during the holidays. He's Santa Claus during the holidays. Now, is, and for, for me right now, he's Mr. Crochet Shorts. <laughs> now, I want to mention about the carving. I'm sorry, James. I, I'm not. <laughs> Denise, I'm just saying, God bless. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So well, back to the, the said, wood carving, but uh, <laughs> I was going to mention this. So I started out carving with Dremels, yeah, and uh, little bits and stuff like that. And uh, I got used to that. And I watched watching a lot of videos. I would watch these guys doing. I'd come across a lot of them that were doing mixed. They would do power carving and they would use knives and chisels. And some of them were just strictly, you know, knives, chisels. 
but I liked a lot of those carvings, so I, I would watch a lot of those videos. But I told myself at the time, I was like, ah, I'm not going to get into the knives and the chisels and all. And I have arthritis in my hands. They hurt a lot. So I was like, I know I won't get into that. But at some point, I got interested enough, and I did. And I got some knives and chisels, little palm chisels, and I got into it. And so you scored it like a mother load of tools. Yeah, recently I got a yeah. good deal on some. But so a lot of this, these right here were done, were hand-carved knives and chisels. Now, there's a little bit of power carving on some of these, but so I, I moved on to knives and chisels wow. for a little while and got stuck on that. Then I wanted to incorporate both, so I started doing both. But now I'm moving up to I'm just starting chainsaw carving. Oh, and I just got the deal you were talking about the deal on some tools. I got some uh, mallet gouges, like bigger gouges. You use a mallet to hit. Yeah, through. you get bigger um, and bigger. So I'm moving up in the. The tools, you know, um, sure and, and eventually, axes. like I'm working on a chainsaw carving now, but in the end, I want it to incorporate every tool I use, like from the smallest to the. I got a micro motor that, like dentists use for teeth, that does fine detail down. You know, I got down to that smallest stuff to the chainsaw now, and so <laughs> incorporating everything in between. So take us through this right here. Just this. All right. This is the basic element you start working with. And either one of these ends up being this. And you start with this. And you're, you're like you said earlier in the podcast, you're subtracting. Yeah. You're taking away. In or most, most artists, when they draw, they're building. Right. You know, they're starting with a line or a circle. Yeah. You're uh, subtracting and moving down into this. So what this right here, was that uh, Dremel or uh, hand-maneuvered hand tools? This one, this one here is Dremel. Um, That's amazing. You yeah, can get that all, one. All now, of that. I think of, about all the rest of them we have in here. A handheld. Were knife and chisel. A handheld saw. It's um, the Dremel. I use a flex shaft. It's like a, a thing that comes off the end of uh -huh. it, and you can. It's got a handle, a small handle. <laughs> So it's flexible. We're it's like not a, a scientist, doctor. It's like smaller than this mic, you know, and it's got a, it's like a little bit bigger than a pen, but, oh, okay. and it's flexible. It's got a yeah. flexible thing that spins so, from so the drum. You can get to an instrument that small. <laughs> no, the pen. Yeah. As opposed to a Dremel round blade saw, which is about that, that big. Well, you know, or a fucking chainsaw. You're doing chainsaw. Well, a Dremel rotary a tool pin, itself ain't very big, but if you have to hold it by itself without the flex shaft, it's it's fatigue on your hand after a while. You know, like you're you're holding right. that up trying but to carve and jumping show, all just, over the place. It's a family show. You're saying yeah. that you can take flex this shaft. down to a uh, uh, like a pin, which is uh, fucking. Uh, 
This ain't the deep end. Uh, they folks. got some really yeah. small. I, I got a few different ones that you know. Some of them are really small hand pieces. That's what I'm saying. It's almost like a pencil. Yeah, okay. almost. And you can do some detail with that. Yeah, and the higher RPMs, the faster it spins, is more for smaller bits and doing fine detail. The slower torque, slower speed is more for roughing out and doing like something that's a more aggressive bit that's going to take away a bunch of material like at, at the one beginning time. Of the, yeah. The beginning of the thing. Right. The finer detail is And I've even got one that's, um, I've got one hand piece that's a, a chisel. It's an electric chisel, and you mm. put different ends on it, and when you put pressure, it does like a chisel. But then I got into the knife carving, and I got now I'm into the chainsaw carving, and That's wild. now this is cottonwood bark. This is very soft. That this is why I got into the knife carving because it's the black poplar. Yeah, it's uh, I may not be 100 correct. It's um, I want to say eastern black poplar, which is but there's a scientific more name so for up it. in the northeast, right? Well, it grows in a bunch of states, but it's different sizes and different. Uh, depending on the region, or, or depending on how big the bark and how big the tree is, and what you get out of it, cottonwood. Uh, and I order all this stuff. Like I've ordered from Ohio, from Illinois, uh, Montana. Um, I've gotten a couple pieces from Canada sent to me. Um, but the further south, you're going to get smaller. There's some that grows in Georgia, but you're going to get smaller bark. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I like the bigger pieces like this. Is do you uh, do you uh, document your stuff? I mean, like when you make a thing, do you do you detail the? Uh, this is exhibit number sixty-five. I have been made told out of cottonwood from Canada. I sign <laughs> everything. I initial it, and sometimes I date it. Um, I'm very slack into, at, at you dating, go on and into I've some major detail. I, I have totally forgotten you'll, about the numbers. You'll numbers. appreciate it. You'll appreciate it later. Yeah. And you could, you could uh, when you sell the pieces, you could have a little card yeah. that says how it was done. What yeah. you what could say. Period. This piece, the wood arrived from Romania. Now I can look back at all my pictures and everything. I I do have pictures saved, and I Romania. can look back and figure out. In order, my do car it now. Ends. Do it now because the more time goes by, you'll forget. Yeah, you know, do it now while it's fresher. What, it's, um, it's coming from a sixty-nine-year-old man. <laughs> you were documenting. Do it now while it's too. fresher. Dave documents everything, <laughs> and it it is it has uh, helped me. Where can uh, they get with you to get? Um, some of your pieces so as of now i have a facebook page j h j period h period carvings j h carvings um i do not have a website yet but i plan on having one soon um i will do commissions but based on if it's something i think i can do Mm -hmm. you know I'll be honest, if it's something I, I don't think I could do, I'll say I don't think I could do it. Um, but I do commissions, so. 
And I have several pieces for sale. I just haven't posted them all. Um, I mean, I post. I did do a post recently, and I said I have all these pieces, but I didn't put prices up. Um, I just figured if anybody's interested, just message me if you see something you like, and I'll tell you if I still have it and you know what it costs and with shipping and everything. If it's not local, I have uh, shipped a few pieces recently. So, do you ship worldwide? I have not yet. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, Well, that's I, the I, next I will. step. Yeah. <laughs> that's the next step. Uh, <laughs> wonderful. Oh, my God. I, I mean, you know, we just, uh, we just been so blown away by the fact that this was hiding underneath your uh, hands, you know, <laughs> your uh Subterraneous your, skin. Your beer thieving hands. <laughs> your beer thieving hands. I want to ask you now. Yes. Where did you uh, grow up? Marietta, Georgia. Oh my God. You're shitting me. No. Uh, that's where I was born. Really? Yeah. I was born so in Marietta. No, well, actually, my folks lived in Marietta and I was born in. Uh, the Atlanta Hospital, which was right next door, you know. Uh, yeah. I can't even remember the name of that hospital, God, now, which so is bad. God, there's so many there. Yeah. Hammer, but, hammer. Uh, yeah, Mar Marietta was a big uh, uh, turning point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the beginning of mine. It I was, was the beginning of mine, <laughs> My too. parents lived in Marietta, yeah. and I was born uh, in Canton. About thirty minutes north of Marietta, Canton, but, Georgia. And then, whenever I was twelve, it was nineteen ninety. Uh, Daddy moved us to Adel, Georgia. Pull your microphone up. Yeah, he moved y'all to Adel. Yeah. Okay, I remember that town too. Yeah, that's in <clears throat> southwest <throat> Georgia. Where the Page Brothers are from. Yeah. It is yeah. where the Page Brothers are from. Yeah. It's just a little ways up above Valdosta. Daylilies over there. That's what they call them. Yes. Why? Wow. I, uh, I saw it on the sign. It's like, uh, I, I'm going to call them the Daylilies. It's Adel, they, baby. They love it. Adel. This is home of the Daylilies or something. Oh, okay. And they have a Daylily festival. Of course. I honestly have no idea. So anytime the Page Brothers walk up, just say, "What you day lilies doing? What y'all want? How you day lily doing? They I love it. Remember that dim lily bar room. I'm the only one doing it. So day lily bar Connor. Connor. I didn't know that you were born out there. That's crazy. No, I was born in Marietta, and then we always had the home here in Waycross because uh, Daddy was in the Air Force and he was out touring duties at Goose Lake and Goose. What was it? Goose. What is that one? Goose Bay up in uh, Canada. It's the Air Force thing. And uh, you wouldn't know what I was talking about, would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's Air Force. It's Air Force. <laughs> it's the Air Force thing. <laughs> he was up in, he was always scattered around. And Mama was, uh, they married in like 48, 49. And then my brother Gary was born in 50. And uh, she ended up buying the house next door to her sister and husband and on Dog Hill on Mount Pleasant Road. There it is. It goes right back to that. <laughs> yeah. She ended up buying the house without Daddy's 
consent. You know, it's like she bought it because it was right next door to her sister, and she needed some a feeling of security, you know. And she, she had her sister's house right next door, and she gave birth to my brother. And then uh, Daddy was stationed in Marietta and uh, gave birth to me. And then we moved back down to Waycross while he worked in Jacksonville. And then he got orders to Tripoli, Libya. And that's when we we all went over there. Yeah. And uh, that was great. <clears throat> and uh, then we came back and we uh, <clears throat> moved straight away to Albany, Georgia. But we always had the house on Dog Hill. And we could always come back. You know, when Daddy would go on tour duty yeah. for six months, we'd just pick up from Albany and move back to Waycross for six months. Hmm. Like I spent the thir last 13 days of the first grade at Memorial Drive. First half of the second grade in Albany. Second half of the second grade, Memorial Drive. Third, fourth, fifth, Albany. Man. All of the sixth, Memorial Drive. <laughs> you know, it was, it was moving, you know, yeah. which was common for Air Force families. So uh, anyhow, that's where I love you, Daddy. I met him and I knew him. And uh, here's your capo. You want to play another? Sure. You got uh, uh, to you you pull her microphone back up. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Just I for the guitar. I did the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, uh, aim your guitar down. Amos. Amos. Moje. Yeah, what, what you got for us now, Jesse? Hell, I don't know. Um, I had a couple more worked up. I didn't know what what you want. Uh, how many you wanted me to play? We'll just play whatever suits you, man. Uh, now that song that you just played uh, was that. Uh, in, in context with Hauntings, that song came later. Um, yeah, you wrote that after Hauntings. Yeah. Okay. I was going to bring up Hauntings. Uh, that was what? For you. What are you looking at me for? Hauntings. What year did you come out 2015 with? 2015 is when I had the release. Okay. But... It was like a few years of compilation, like compiling songs, recording them. Right. A couple, two or three years, I don't know. Um, and then I, I mean, I cut out a, a several songs. I had more songs than that, um, but I made that album. Which and is I've the, since then ones. slowly been working on another album. So some of these songs are from, or in fact, most of them are from a few years ago. Some of them are a little newer. You got one in the works. Yeah, kind of. I, 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 hopefully, I've got I've got enough to make an album, but I just I'm never satisfied with. Kind of like my deal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I put one out every fifteen years. <laughs> um, but this is this is neat. What else? Uh, you got another song? Yeah, let's see. Uh, would this would be one of the newer ones, or would this be a haunting song? No, this this would be a little newer. Um, it's called Jacqueline May. Mm -hmm. 
twisted trails Where you ran so far from me Never turn to see my face Oh, Jacqueline May I can't surrender to the loss of you Dimly trails I'm searching through Brushes high, I can't find my way Oh, Jacqueline May Your picture hangs way above The mantelpiece of my love Sit and weep every day Oh, Jacqueline May It was you who helped me grow All the thoughts no one knows All my demons were kept at bay Oh, Jacqueline May Yeah, uh, outside of the uh, <coughs> ambidexterity of your picking and all of that thing, and uh, that was a make believe song because you ain't never known nobody named Jacqueline May. Right? There's unless like fragments. Calling, unless you calling her that by secret. <laughs> well, a lot of my songs will be like little speckled pieces of of a Just memory something. or something that's yeah. real. Mm-hmm. And then and you then, then you put it to a fabrication. Some of it, yeah, and it, yeah. it, it just depends. Some of it can be um, real. Yeah, 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 that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, I did have another one, and I I, I was leery to play it or not because it's my newest or one of my newest. When you turned the red light on. <laughs> it, well, it's not really dirty. Okay, well, good. I love it even more. You know you love it more if it's dirty, Dave. I'm a deep end kind of guy. I'm sorry, but I can't help it. My, my. This is kind of, I guess, kind of old country sounding. I don't know what you would call it. Don't ruin it. 
And uh, this one's, I guess, mostly made up. Okay. What's Take what you want from it. This is not a real song. I just made it up. I mean, parts of it. Parts of it are. That's the joke. That's the name of it. Parts of it come from real memories, but uh, the name of it was. You know, I haven't (laughs) named this one. It's that new. All right, folks. Send send your maybe uh, we can uh, send your names in. Email your names for potential names for this baby. And I, I, I'm going to try this. All right. If it wasn't a mess, I'd have nothing to do. So I spend all my time pushing this broom. I tried to sweep out the ashes and sweep out the dirt. I tried to throw away the pictures along with the hurt and the broken reminders that have been broken down so far from redemption too close to the ground Well I planted all your promises Row after row I watered and nurtured But never did they grow And I now see the reasons You were mostly alive You were born to a mother Who only let her love die I tried to sweep out ashes and sweep out the dirt I tried throwing away the pictures along with the hurt and the broken reminders that had been broken down so far from redemption too close to the ground Clutter's all gone with most of the pain Except the nights I wake up yelling your name You won't get there by train, don't try the bus There ain't no more roads leading back to us Swept out the ashes and swept out the dirt Yeah, I threw away the pictures along with the hurt And the broken reminders that had been broken down Weren't so far from redemption Nor too close to the ground That's that's a kind of a country. That's almost a, a blackberry smoke uh, country ballad. You know, it's a ballad. It's country ballad, like uh, 
Simple Man or something, you know, uh, Curtis Lowe. I think you should have Sweep or Swept in the title, like Swept Away or Swept. No, wait a minute. What was the, the, I actually, the hook there? Sweep Out. The, I Sweep Out. I was actually calling it Dummy Name was Sweep Out was yeah. the name of the song in my So you said computer. that in the thing, in the chorus, Sweep Out the Ashes, I Sweep Out the Dirt. Yeah. Right. Okay. Sweep Out the Hurt. Sweep yeah. Out the Hurt. What? That's badass. Yeah, that's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate mm-hmm. it. I told Justin to pull this up. What song Dave Dave co-starred on this? Uh, haunt, I sang on several of these. There are but, haunting. Uh, a couple of them. Yes. The, um, can they see this on the screen? The artwork's yeah. done by Brandon Jones, James Brandon mm-hmm. Jones. Uh-huh. And that was something that he had already done that you chose. Yeah, yeah. I was just looking through it's his like artwork Aphrodite. one day, and I saw it, and I was like, man, that's just awesome. It'd be awesome album cover. And I talked mm-hmm. to him, and he was like, sure, man. Like, <laughs> you got Thank you. He actually gave me. Are away. I have the original painting of that, too. He gave clouds. it to me. That's clouds, but behind uh, her feet, is that a mountain or mountain. wave? Yeah. yeah. So that's Greece. Well, it looks like a mm-hmm. maybe a half of the Parthenon or a third of it. And it's got a CD in the ground. <laughs> Just the mood I get from look, looking at that fit. I don't know. For some reason, it, it just uh, fit the album. Too. Yeah, that's that's original artwork right well, there. that looks just like my body. <laughs> <laughs> Ow. <laughs> Play a... Hauntings, if you will. Haunting. Haunting. I remember being in the studio singing the harmonies on this. Now, um, me and Josh Sharp co-wrote this. He, yeah. he wrote some of the chords. The sailor gone away from my love, the third shelf down the leaves, this world awaiting for the girl. Jump right in. Bad luck river runs this way. Took my love from the boggy bay of my heart. It leaves today. Paint a picture of this place. You need a real small frame and a lot of hate and a never ending day. A thousand faces to forget. Dance like it with the thought in my head of leaving this dreary space. Leaving this dreary space. Yeah, about 
of the pain. He was like, wait, how are you saying that word? Perfect world, a little bit of fish, your love ain't worth 15 cents a nigga. Not only do you have to match the pitch, you have to match the the, uh, phrase, phrasing. Didn't you let me do my own thing here? You. Now that's me. And I did. I tried to do a harmony there. It's good. Oh boy. Appreciate it. Yeah, that was a blast from the past, right there. So that was when? 2010? You know, I'm not sure or when we recorded that song, but 15. I come out with the album in 2015. 2015, okay. It's within awesome. a, a year or two there, probably before that, mm-hmm. somewhere. All right, well, we're going to, we're fixing to turn to the tale of the week, folks, uh, from Uncle Dave Griffin. That's, uh, me. <laughs> uh, this one is uh, actually, uh, y'all are watching this, and in six days from now, it's my young son's birthday. My young son ain't so young anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was 40 when he was born, so do the math. He's fixing to push on to 29. And during the Christmas season of 1998, I wrote a song dedicated to my wife called The Mother of My Son, who five years earlier had given birth to my one and only son, Connor. Not not yet. (laughs) Not yet. I spent long holiday days at the Waycross, Georgia post office, selling stamps at the front counter to stamp liquors. And after work over a couple of weeks, I'd ease out to Jeff McDonald's home studio to record the song, intent on having it ready by Jesus's birthday. Owing to the surprise factor of the CD stocking stuffer, I had to be very secretive. All my wife knew was that I was spending a lot of nights out of the house. Come Christmas morning, she was relieved to find out that I'd just been laying down tracks, guitars, vocals, and keyboards instead of some festive floozy. (laughs) A few weeks earlier on Thanksgiving weekend, we had held the first annual Griffin Guitar Pool. Over the next 25 years, the festival has outgrown the backyard and evolved into the Grand Parsons Guitar Pool and Tribute Festival, held yearly in mid-October at the Okefenokee Fairgrounds in Waycross. My five-year-old son, Connor, in 1998, brought the house down with a note-perfect rendering 
of George Harrison's sitar-influenced song from Sgt. Pepper, Within You, Without You. Safe to say the youngin' didn't stand a chance. Being a huge Beatles fan myself, Connor was raised heavily on 1960s Liverpudlian folk melodies. He bought into the music of the Beatles so wholeheartedly that he adopted the persona of John Lennon, complete with a British accent, and for several weeks drove his brothers and sisters mad. Lynn, the mother of my son, was called for a meeting with his Williams Heights second grade school teacher, Ms. Franklin Pinckney. Ms. Pinckney complained that Connor was refusing to answer the role when his name was called. She supported her story with the following student-teacher exchange. It's Miss Pinckney. Connor. Silence. Connor Griffin. Silence. Connor, why aren't you answering me? Connor, in full John Leonard mode. Mrs. Pinckney, from here on, would you please refer to me as John Lennon? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> Needless to say, Mrs. Pinckney was flustered. My wife told her that as long as his grades were good and he wasn't causing anyone around him bodily harm, why not just let him run its course, let his imagination go? A few days later, Lynn changed her tune when Connor insisted on calling her Julia, the name of John Lennon's dead mother. <laughs> she, said that. she said, stop it. Stop it now. <laughs> the personality crisis finally came to an end, only to be replaced a year later after Connor seeing Shrek at the movies. Uh, then he was he adopted Eddie Murphy's sass mouth donkey. Donkey. Okay. Now here we go. Now you can throw it up. I don't be playing there. no games. This early fascination with voices and characters has served my son well. Since his teens, Connor has found a home on the stage, acting in high school plays, local productions, independent film, and University of Georgia dramas. Three years ago, that. <laughs> yeah, that first one was a local community production of Dracula, and he played Renfield, mm -hmm. the part of the... Uh, I went with that, yeah. Oh, my God, I went to it, too, and I, I locked my door after this. <laughs> <laughs> he was I said, scary. I didn't know you had it in you, son. Please take it back. <laughs> <laughs> He's something else. Uh Three years ago, he took on the mantle of instructor at a summer theater camp for children sponsored by Pearly Productions and the Okefenokee Heritage Center in Waycross. His initial love of music has also taken hold. For almost a decade, he has drummed for Waycross's Pine Box Dwellers, excluding about a year while he educated at the University of Georgia and drummed for Athens, Georgia group, Time Manning and the Slaw Dog Biscuits. I find it somewhat serendipitous and just a little bit cosmic that Connor shares the same birthday with another outstanding drummer who, like my son, espouses the virtues of peace and love. July 7th, 
will mark the dual birthday celebration of Ingram Connor Griffin and Sir Richard Starkey, known by y'all as Ringo Starr, the drummer for the Beatles. So with a little help from me friends and in my best John Lennon voice, I'd like to wish Connor and Ringo the happiest of days. <laughs> Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> I only I only put that uh, tale of the week in there because I knew it would be relevant to yeah both of y'all sitting here in in the fact that. Uh, uh, he was Pine Box Dwellers Drummer and relevant to you as well because you have uh, you have been like a second mother to him. I think I, he, I think you've given him some good girl advice <laughs> over the years. Connor, you just need to put it back in. <laughs> <laughs> Don't scare him, baby. <laughs> Wait, what? That, well, that wasn't my advice. <laughs> well, this has been another uh, Something in the Water podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. We appreciate y'all watching and uh, hope that you'll come back again. Thank y'all for being our wonderful guests. Thank y'all for having us. It's been a good uh -huh. time. It was fun. And folks, if you... You've seen the artwork, uh, Jesse here and JH Carvings, yeah, dot com or J not on yet Facebook on Facebook, right now. and then you got uh, uh, Alita's uh, oh, journey, yeah, health journey, Alita's health and journey that's on YouTube, yeah. on YouTube, and then you got something in the water, you got Dave. <laughs> and you got Uncle Dave and you got Sean you got Justin you got Justin over there in the corner and we love y'all bye everybody and we'll see you next time <laughs> Hey.